Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I am here to share with you my own journey to self-empowerment and all of the things that I have learned along the way. I pull from my vastly unique encounters, wide variety of experiences, and overly active imagination to bring to you, well, just absolutely everything I know. We are going to deep dive into spirituality, transformation, and healing. We are going to empower you to change your life, raise your vibe, and create the life you want to be living. I want to spin you into action. I want to launch you out of your comfort zone, and I want to give you the tips, tools, and the inspiration to go and live your most empowered dream life. Welcome back today. I am so glad that you're back to join us this week especially since the topic that I wanted to talk about and touch on is really, really important. So I'm glad that you're here today to listen a little bit and ask you to approach this subject with an open mind and an open heart. I know that talk about racism and white supremacy and white privilege, these can be really emotionally charged topics and these are topics that can be really hard to navigate and they bring up uncomfortable feelings and um, just thoughts for some people are really triggered by these conversations. So I just ask that you hold some space and hold some love today and a really open mind going forth in some of the ideas that I present and some of the resources that I'm going to provide you with. Just look from look from all perspectives. Look from the perspective as a whole. Take a step back and look at the big picture and the world as a whole. I really recently have been diving into some personal growth regarding my own uh, feelings and constructs around the ideas of racism and white privilege. Uh, In the past, as being somebody who was opposed to personal growth, who didn't do it, and who had a very fixed mindset in the way that things were, would have told you, this is none of my business. It doesn't concern me. I don't find myself in Uh, maybe situations where I have to consider racial diversity. And so I liken myself to, well, I'm not a racist. I'm not overtly out to hurt anyone. I would never make comments like that. I would never um, deliberately hurt somebody. And I think that we're all that way. We're all wired to be inherently good and to help our fellow human beings. We're all outraged that things like this are happening around the world still, that people are still being mistreated and are being killed because the color of their skin. The idea is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I know just for me to wrap my head around because people and just human beings and souls and lives are just so precious to me and I can't begin to wrap my head around it. And I also you know, sit in my home and I cry and I hurt for humanity and for what's happening to us. And I cry out also 
what can I do? How can I fix this? How can I make a difference? And I think we're a lot of us are crying out for that because we see the injustice and we don't want um, these things to continue. We don't want, you know, people who have darker skin to continue being targeted and killed by our police or by, you know, other people of society who have been taught to fear because of just generations and generations of trauma piled up. I, okay, I will step back a little bit off of my soapbox now because I was here today to talk a little bit more about how do we talk to our children about this? How do we talk to our children about racism and the idea of white privilege And how do we understand this ourselves? And how do we make a difference? How do we make a change? How do we stop the old ideas and the old paradigms with ourselves and teach our future generations better going forward? So I don't have all the answers, but I am going to share a story with you and just some things that I've been reading. I began diving into the book called Me and White Supremacy. I have this um, linked in my resources section on my website that I will include in the show notes so you can go take a look at the resources. So not only did I post those for you, but I told myself I have a moral and societal obligation right now to go and use those resources myself. So I began by picking up that book, Me and White Supremacy. So it's been very eye-opening so far. I really love that the format is set up in a 28-day style reflective journaling exercises and activities. And so it's broken down into small bites of looking at different aspects of racism and white privilege and then asking you some really honest questions and asking you to really reflect and journal upon that. And I'm only on day two of the challenge and it's already just made me really open my eyes to the fact of white privilege and white privilege can be described as we think it's a negative term and already right away you know feathers are rustling and you're bristling up because oh I I don't do that um but in the background to be 100% completely honest, the lightness and the whiteness or your ability to pass as white in the light color of your skin, it does award us these unearned advantages that we, we aren't even seeing. And we don't want to see ourselves as bad people. So sometimes we will often refuse to even take a look at this by by just our desire to be seen as good people can prevent us from doing good because if you do not see yourself as part of the problem you cannot be part of the solution that's a direct quote from the book me and white supremacy and that was really powerful for me and really stuck with me because I like to think you know I want to do good in the world and I want to be seen as a good person but that can actually prevent me from doing good because if I'm not part of that problem of not talking about this and not holding space for these conversations and not stepping up and using my voice and 
the way that I'm going to teach my children. I am raising five white males to go out into this world. And what kind of impact and change do I want them to make in this world? They are the future. I mean, not just them, but our kids are the future. What ideas are we planting in them? What stories and beliefs? What traditions do we need to like nip in the bud and stop passing that on to our future generations? So right now, I want to share a story with you. We were watching a movie together as a family, and it's called Just Mercy. If you have Amazon Prime, it is free on there right now to watch. And it is the story of a black man who is basically framed and wrongly imprisoned for the murder of a young white woman and the evidence against him and just the whole case is absolutely hogwash like it absolutely blows your mind like the the story that and then he's in jail this man is on death row like just awaiting his day to be murdered for something that he didn't do so it was a very powerful story and I didn't realize what an impact that that might have on my children. There was a scene where, okay, I think I got rid of the barking dog. So there was a scene where um, a gentleman was electrocuted for a crime he had committed. He was a Vietnam War vet and he had not received proper mental health care services because let's just be honest, there's a lot of systems in our, you know, nation that are very flawed and there's a lot of good going on in our world, but there's a lot of things that also can use some change as well. And there's a lot of us and a lot of people doing a lot of good work, but there's always, always, always those areas for improvement, especially within our government structures. But I'm not going to go into politics and conspiracy theories because that's not my arena. And I'm here to talk today more about how we can stop shying away from the conversations of and around racism. So coming back to the movie and my story. So, um, you know, it didn't show the gentleman getting electrocuted, but it did show the audience's reaction and a very powerful moment of like reflection against the mirror. And it, you, you knew what was happening. And so my 10 year old asked mom, what just happened? I said, well, they just electrocuted him and he jumped up off the couch and ran off just sobbing, I can't watch this anymore. And my immediate reaction was to think, oh my gosh, we shouldn't have watched this with them. We should have watched it by ourselves. We should have pre-screened this. He, we had no business watching that with them. And that's exactly what's wrong. That's exactly what's what's wrong by my trying to do good and shield everybody from the pain and the reality because he's too young and this and that. Like, that's what's wrong. Um, children have most of their ideas and beliefs about the world are formed and solidified by the time that they're 14. This isn't saying that those beliefs and ideas can't change, but they're, they're a lot harder to change after that. So children are very, very suggestive to ideas and, um, you know, solutions and, all the different things until we mold them into what we're supposed to be for society. So 
instead of letting him run away and deal with those uncomfortable feelings, I went ahead and went after him and he was very like angry at first. He didn't want to talk about his emotions and they always know that mom makes them talk about their feelings and that's not their favorite thing to do with five boys. But I think it's super important that they hold space for themselves and they realize that emotions aren't a bad thing and we don't have to numb them or ignore them or suppress them because then they turn around and they they still leak out and they show up in your lives in really unhealthy and ugly ways and we don't want that. We want to love and honor what we're feeling and what we're experiencing and going through and we need to learn and grow from that and just evaluate it and sit with it. So I started with first asking him what upset you the most? What triggered you about that scene? Was it the fact that it was just death and death scares you? Are you worried that that's something that's going to happen to you? Are you just upset because that was unfair are you tell me how you're feeling and what 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 triggered you exactly and what responses and what part of that upset you and he responded with how can they just murder somebody like that how could they just take a human life like that and he was so mad and I said, I know, baby, I, I know, I don't know how people can do that. I don't know how others think that it's okay for us to play judge, jury, and executioner. But all I can tell you is it's not fair and your heart is hurting right now and that's okay. It's, it's okay that you're emotional about this. It doesn't make you weak or stupid or less than a man or anything like that it makes you human and it makes you kind and compassionate and it means that your heart hurts when you see another human being being mistreated or killed and that's okay but now it's going to be what you take and you do with that information and with these feelings are you going to take them and suppress them. Am I going to help you suppress them by telling you everything's going to be okay? This isn't something you need to worry about. This doesn't happen anymore. When he's seeing it happen, this opens another conversation to what are our kids seeing on social media, especially, you know, with COVID right now, we know that they've been consuming more social media than normal. And I'm um, I'll be honest, mine have. And so if you think that you've been able to shield them and protect them from what's going on in our world, from the riots, from what is happening with our justice system and some of our police systems and the injustices that are allowed to still go on in our world today, and we're in 2020, like we, this stuff shouldn't be happening still today. And it is. So it needs to stop with us. And that's what I told him. Your 10-year-old heart can't carry the burdens of the world because I know you're very empathetic and you can take on the energy and the pain of everything and everyone around you. You're very, he's very sponge and open to um, other energies. Said so you can't take on that pain of the world in your heart, but you can use this to give you fire and passion to be a catalyst for change, 
to take and use your voice and your creative talents and put your message of love and hope out into the world. Write a song, put together a video and use your love of video editing to spread a unique and creative message for kids about love and equality. Like, Take your passions, take your love, and take your voice and spread the word and spread the message that we are done with these societal constructs of giving privilege to other people because of the color of their skin. And so just take take the thought of this for an example. I watched a video with Neil deGrasse Tyson the other day, and he was speaking on an experience that he had walking out of um, like a store, so say Target, and he walked out at the same time as a white gentleman and the alarms went off, you know, that you had stolen something. And um, the workers and security immediately went to himself as a black man. And the white man was actually the one who had stolen and they, nobody even approached him. He had been waiting for Neil to walk out and walked out at the same time because they knew that he would be targeted and not himself as the white man. So that was a really powerful example and not that most of us, I hope, have overtly ever done anything like that. But how many of you have walked through maybe at the same time as somebody else and sighed a sigh of relief that they didn't come after you? And can you look at your differences in that situation where you have a lighter skin color, where you um, you know, maybe older, were you of, I don't know, there's a million different things, but the most important thing is that we cannot let ourselves be divided by the color of our skin. We can't let them keep dividing us. We have to come together. We have to support each other and we have to teach our children better. So how do you talk to your kids about it? You don't shy away from it. I easily could have glossed over with my son and told him, you know, I love you. You don't need to worry about this. We shouldn't have watched that movie. I'm so sorry. We could have glossed over that. And instead we held space for a really open and honest, good conversation um, of where I told him, this is your chance to make a difference. Yes, you're young, you're 10, but as you're growing up, you can be aware and looking around you throughout your life to see the injustices that are going on, to see maybe subtle jokes that kids think are funny and they're not really thinking about what they're saying and they're making racial jokes. You can be the one to identify and spot these things and gently call people out on it. People don't like being called out, but it's time that we start doing that. So talking to our kids, they're getting the info anyways, so get out in front of it. They've seen it on social media. I also asked my son, have you watched the video with George Floyd? And he said, yes, he was worried he was going to get in trouble. But I said, well, I mean, I don't want you watching those videos, but I can understand your natural curiosity, wanting to know why people are rioting, what happened. I said, but now that you've watched it, we need to have a conversation about it. How did it make you feel? What feelings arose for you about this? What are you thinking and his response again was just the injustice of it. He said um, he expressed his upset over the fact that um, how could he just hold him down with his knee on his neck like that? 
I don't know. I watch that and everything inside of me is just screaming inside and crying. And if I'm reacting to the video that way, how are our young children reacting? So you need to have those conversations with them. Don't shy away from it. They're getting the info anyways, and they're going to go to their friends. They're going to go to social media. Hopefully they're going to come to you, but if they're not, you need to get out in front of that and ask the hard question. Give space to their emotions and questions. Do not shame them for it. Um, don't ever, you know, my son was sobbing and I shouldn't ever shame him for that or tell him, you know, like, oh, you're having a lot of emotion for something that's not a big deal or boys don't cry. Like we need to stop doing that to our boys and to our girls, to our children in general. They have big emotions and they have questions and they're just trying to understand this world. We have to remember that they start out so innocent and they're kind of beat down and molded by us. And I don't mean beat down in a bad way, but they're taught the beliefs about society and other people and they're getting that from us they're also absorbing that from you know their friends and their teachers and outside influences social media and all these other things but we're also a large large part of that and we need to make sure that we're doing our part I also want to share another um, story and example, and this will have been a while, but um, how many of you have younger children that when you're going through the store, they ask very inappropriate questions such as, mom, why is that man's skin so much darker? Or, you know, why is that woman missing an arm or a leg? Or these just, you, you know how kids like to blurt their questions. And my response in the past would have, it always was like, oh my gosh, stop you guys. Stop talking. Stop asking those questions. That's so rude. We don't point out the differences of others. Like, oh my God, we'll talk about it in private later. And, uh, you know, I thought that I was doing right by being good and not being rude because, oh my gosh, we don't want to talk about that person, their difference. And we need to talk about those differences. So the right response in that would be to like, yes, we acknowledge that their skin tone is different or acknowledge that that person does not have a leg. God makes us different. We're made in all different packages and colors and sizes, like your favorite candy bar. My kids really relate well to candy analogies. So like your favorite candy bar, you all have a different favorite candy, Skittles and um, Snickers and M&Ms and Sour Patch Kids and Licorice Red Vines and um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And I'm starting to make myself hungry, but you get the point that the wrapper, the outside, we're all so different and colorful and we're such a variety of us and that's beautiful. Like we don't all want to look and be the same. That would be so boring. Like we need diversity and color and just different difference, loving differences to the world. So I think holding space for children and just acknowledging like, yes, they are darker skin than us or God makes everybody different, but that, you know, everybody looks different on the outside, but that doesn't determine who we are as people on the inside. So I think acknowledging that. Watch your social media. Watch their social media. What are you consuming? Is the movies and the books you're consuming, are they mostly characters of one race? Or are they very inclusive and diverse? 
What are your children being exposed to? The idea that there's many different types of people out there. But my point that I want you to take away today is have the conversations. Don't shy away from them. They are hard conversations. Even if you don't know what to say, that's always been my MO. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know what to say. I don't have a lot of opinion on it. It's not my area. Um, I don't have a voice. I'm just a mom. I'm just a girl. I'm just stuck in my house. Um, And that's why these things keep going on in our society hundreds of years later today. So talk about it. Go check out the resources that I'm going to link for you in the show notes, specifically the ones, the kids area that will give you resources on how you can talk to your kids and books that they can check out, movies that you can watch together as a family. So please, it's very important that you go check that out and that you do that inner work for our future generations to be a good ancestor. And I will see you again very soon. Thank you so much for joining us for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you found a useful tidbit that really spoke to you today. So please come and find me on Instagram at the Self Project Studio and let me know what you want to hear more of. Also, definitely make sure that you come and join my Facebook group at the Self Project Studio Collective because that's going to be where the real fun is. So make sure you subscribe and I would love for you to leave your reviews and your feedback. I'll catch up with you next week.